Welcome to Wise Advice on Educational Planning, presented by Macmillan Education, the nation's oldest and foremost educational consulting firm. Today, we sit down with Tony Lambert and Don Macmillan to discuss the latest trends in the college admissions landscape. Let's get into it. Don and Tony, thanks so much for joining me today to discuss what's going on in the current new college landscape. Really excited to hear from you both. Thanks, Betsy. Thanks. Great to be here. Awesome. I'd love uh, to start with you, Don, if you wouldn't mind just setting the stage a little bit. What's new? and um, It's been a yeah, wild and wacky few years in the world of college admissions. Betsy, uh, if we go back to the Varsity Blues scandal pre-COVID, we saw a huge kind of seismic shift where development candidates were seeing their kind of side door closed. And I think a very healthy purging of some bad actors and college offices and coaching offices. And then we saw the COVID crisis hit. And broadly speaking, Tony and I will explain a little bit how that shifted the emphasis from objective materials like grades and scores over more towards the subjective pieces like essays and recommendations and demonstrated interest and activities and leadership, things like that. But this past year, 2023, and just this summer, in fact, there's been a, another huge earthquake with the SCOTUS decision, which has essentially ended race-based admissions preferences. And that's raised questions, well, wait a minute, if we don't get a preferential bump in admissions for the color of our skin, should those who are legacy, um, sons and daughters of alums get a bump? Should athletes get a bump? Should... Um, other certain qualities and be taken into account more than others. So it's been a big shift in our perspective here at Macmillan Education. Tony and I have 16 other colleagues. So we've got a group, just about 20, who are traveling the country, visiting colleges all the time, talking to admissions officers, they're visiting us. And we've got about 160 students who've in the past few years have come from 35 states and over 65 countries. So we're gonna to try to give a broad view today on uh, the ripple effect of these seismic actions. Awesome, thank you. And I know you and Amy Christie, our college planning chair, wrote a blog about the SCOTUS decision a month or two ago, but I'd love to hear um, what your current thoughts are on that change. So essentially affirmative action was overthrown. Um, and now we are advising our students of color to show their personal story through other ways outside of the box, which says in particular black or brown. Um, and that could be through activities, that could be some of their writing. And we're encouraging colleges to recruit more heavily in areas um, for students of color. We're also seeing some Caucasian students saying, hmm, maybe I have a much better chance now of being accepted, just like when maybe tests became optional and I can apply to Harvard without an 800 SAT. And I would simply caution that this doesn't mean that it's going to be easier for white students to take those spots. Um, but colleges uh, on a more granular level, Tony and I are deep with our colleagues right now in the writing process with students. So I'll let Tony talk about that a little bit. Yeah. And I, I would say that the uh, college's response to the, the decision by SCOTUS 
Um, as we expected, a, a lot of schools announced right after that decision that they would be adding an opportunity for students to share their experience through supplemental essays um, and really given the opportunity to talk about their background, to talk about their experience and uh, that impact that it's had on their life or the impact that they've had on their community. And so August 1st, when the Common App reset for the current seniors, the colleges released their individual supplemental essays, and we expected and we have seen a number of new, um, new prompts that didn't, haven't existed in, in the past. And so one example is uh, Boston University, who traditionally have always asked the question, basically, why BU? Um, and asking students why they think they would be a, um, you know, a good fit for a school like Boston University, what excites them about the school. But they've added another choice um, to ask students if they want to reflect on a social or community issue that deeply resonates with them and why it's important to them and how have they been involved in addressing or raising awareness about it. So that's one example of how a college is giving students the opportunity to share um, their story uh, if, if they so choose. Yeah, and have you found that that's a common choice that a lot of colleges are making, uh, incorporating more creative supplemental prompts? So just Absolutely. a few colleges? Absolutely. I think they're, we're, we're seeing that uh, from schools that have traditionally um, required supplemental essays. Uh, and sometimes these types of questions are required or at least giving the student the option. So, you know, choose one of the following three prompts and share. Um, so it, it, I think it's not necessarily um, always increasing the number of supplemental essays that a student has to write. It's just giving them another choice, another option. And I would add to what Tony said, Betsy, that students going into the senior year want to get as many of those supplements done before they go back to school or at least earlier in the fall. And there are a ton. If you're applying to schools like Tufts or Brown, that's five essays per college. One of the questions that's being raised right now that we're also talking to admissions officers about and discussing as a group during our college counselor meetings here at Macmillan Education is what's the role of ChatGPT? What is the supplements um, and the college essays sort of value going forward? And we sent out a notice back in the beginning of the year in January and kind of our annual what you need to know college trends that we do see longer term students possibly being asked to do more in-person writing, maybe the return of the dreaded SAT essay, maybe being asked to go in a room and write with, you know, a pen and paper or a computer because the chat G GPT piece is certainly encroaching. For this current group applying for fall 2024, we are talking to admissions officers and still encouraging them to be um, their own voice. And uh, Tony, what's your sense, to use their own voice, what's your sense about how that can be helpful, uh, ChatGPT, and where do you kind of draw the line there? Yeah, I, I think it's, it's a tool um, that needs to be used wisely. Um, you know, I think it's a great way to help a student maybe brainstorm some ideas to um, get a little bit of feedback in terms of outlining some of their ideas. Um, however, 
And, and this may change in the next few months as, as the AI continues to progress. Um, I, I have seen, uh, you know, essays that students have given to me and, uh, they're super well written. They're super well organized, but they are not very authentic. And, um, it's, it's, you know, we have to be careful, um, to, to make sure, I, I guess what I would say is students should not be afraid to be a teenager writing an essay. It does not need to sound uh, super polished as if it's coming from a 55 year old white man like me, or certainly not from a computer generated, uh, you know, essay. Yeah, a couple of admissions officers we spoke to this summer who wished me name anonymous uh, said a well-written chat GBT essay is not a great college essay. It's polished and professional, but not personal. And then another said that um, basically authenticity is the key. So for now, and there's that this question you're seeing on the common app, this is your essay, this is your authentic piece and that it, it's really your work. And so we're encouraging students to stand by that. Um, but I think the broader issue is how are kids assessed now and kind of what's exciting about the college landscape? What do we worry about? And this goes back to my first point about the COVID factor with the test optional landscape where you don't have to, for almost all colleges, submit an ACT or an SAT, what's filling that void? And we have seen the writing piece take over. If that's gonna be compromised, if race is gonna be compromised, one admissions officer told us, how do you judge a kid if you can't look at scores, you can't look at race, and maybe the essays are compromised? So we look at the other pieces, things like interviews, we may see more of those, the activities that kids are doing, the leadership, things like demonstrated interest. If you're a kid in California applying to an East Coast college, have you gone to their video session? Have you, you know, written the representative? Are you applying early action? So we're seeing different strategies now as we hit the fall of 2023 and look at 2024, where these subjective qualities are going to be even more important in representing the full profile of a student. Yeah, and I, I would follow up on what Don said there coming out of the pandemic um, in terms of what is a positive is that schools have really upped their game in terms of what they're offering through their websites in terms of virtual tours or video tours. Um, some schools are offering live virtual tours, uh, or I'm sorry, live campus tours, where you're, you're with a person walking around campus telling you about the school and you can ask questions. Um, you can go to live information sessions um, or sit in on recorded sessions as well. And as Don mentioned, at schools that track demonstrated interest, uh, and maybe that is one of those factors that's going to become more and more important um, because it, it doesn't mean you have to fly across the country to do an actual tour on campus. You have that possibility of sitting in your living room and doing research and, and demonstrating that interest. Uh, and, and just from a you know, a, a list building uh, standpoint, having that option to, to at least uh, weed out some schools because you can actually go on the computer, check it out. Uh, it really makes 
uh, I think the process uh, a little a little less daunting, and uh, you can be a much more informed student as you're researching schools. I have a quick follow-up question on that. Do you still encourage students who are close enough to a college or university that they're interested in? Do you still try to encourage them as counselors to visit campus in person, or is the virtual stuff enough? I would say, yeah, absolutely. You need to get on campus if that's possible. And really what you can do is vet those some of those schools through the virtual uh, tours and things and then say, okay, here's where actually we're, we're going to go. I, we, we would say, yeah, get on different types of campuses, right? Go visit a large urban campus, go visit a small liberal arts school, visit everything in between. Um, again, especially if it's in your backyard. Awesome. Thank you, Don. And it's certainly a very competitive environment right now for the college application process. So how do you advise students and families to best navigate that? Yeah. And Don mentioned uh, post-COVID with a lot of schools staying test optional, um, that has led to students um, hitting that submit button through their common app at many more schools. Uh, you know, it, wh why not Harvard? I'm just going to give it a shot. And um, I think when we talk to students, we're, we're still trying to come back to what is the right fit? What college or university has the characteristics that you that really fit you and what you want in your college experience? Um, where are you going to be able to, to make an impact in a college community? And how is what that college has to offer going to impact you and who you're looking to become? And so we certainly you know, understand the, the temptation to say, hey, I'm going to submit to, you know, every Ivy League, for example. However, that certainly is not anything we would advise. Um, and, and we really want to make sure that we have a balanced list um, with uh, you know, reach schools, target schools, and likely schools, but that all really uh, would would be a great fit for the student. So lots of changes in the current college admissions landscape. Um, what's remained constant, Don? Well, I think the reason Tony and, and I and our group do what we do is we love working with kids and we love watching them grow. And eternal to this process, whether it's this year or when I started this 35 years ago or 10 years ago or 10 years from now, is this is really a prism through which the college process kids can grow and become independent, make choices, kind of uh, using the driver's ed analogy again, take the wheel and go. And you might miss a turn, but they'll get back on track and they end up at the destination themselves. And we have a cool job. We get to travel all over the, and visit all these colleges and we get to work with kids who are growing and especially post-pandemic facing challenges and learning about themselves and i would encourage parents to um you know empower their kids to make those decisions to do their research so even though all these things have changed with essays and chat and scotus and athletics and legacy and uh, test optional what remains the same is our advice to kids be true to yourself Take an appropriately challenging curriculum. Don't overdo it. Get a nice balance of kind of rigor in your grades. Establish some relationship with teachers. Tony and I taught for a long time. 
we loved working with adolescents and getting those those kind of role models relationships are going to help teenagers grow be involved with a moderate amount of service leadership activities if you're a good tester yeah go for it if not you can go the test optional route now for now do some researches on college it's fun to learn about colleges and like tony said have a broad list yeah it's more competitive but there are a ton of colleges out there and most of them accept more students than they don't and i think that first step when we go through the wise message with our students is our favorite that's the w stage and wise and that's to wonder what's the ideal college for you what is betsy university or tony college or don academy look like what are the kids like what are the teachers like get that prototype get a plan we'll help you understand how the process works we'll break it into small pieces we'll let you kind of take the wheel and it's really cool to watch kids go through those stages and then pull on that sweatshirt at the end of may 1st of their senior year and say i'm off to that university our team is traveling constantly all over the country and a little bit internationally here and there. So in your college tours, what are you noticing, Tony? What's what's exciting about college tours these days? Just the opportunities that colleges are, are offering to their students. And, you know, this could be a school in the States. It could be a school in Europe, uh, wherever, where we get to go and visit and see the research opportunities for undergraduate students, the internship opportunities. Uh, back when when I was in school, I, I don't remember they, 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 these opportunities just weren't there. And for an example, you know, Don and I are both we're both language teachers, right? And we studied abroad. And it used to be, you know, JYA, junior year abroad, or or a semester abroad. But now there are a lot of a lot of schools that are offering things like you can go during your J term, right? The little small period during during January or, hey, here's a little two week spring break trip with a professor to Costa Rica to go do some marine biology research um, and then including in the summer. So schools are getting really creative with a lot of their programs to really to, to push their students, um, but also to allow students to explore uh, different passions and different different areas of, of, of who they who they want to be. Yeah, I love that. And I had a similar experience. My first my first semester of college as a freshman, I was studying abroad in Salamanca, which was certainly, um, you know, an interesting time and not super common. So yeah, there's tons of opportunities out there. Muy bien. Me encanta Salamanca. Well, thank you, Don and Tony, for joining me today to discuss what is exciting and worrisome about the current college landscape. Uh, absolutely. Enjoyed it, Betsy. Thank you. Thank you, Betsy. Thank you for listening to Wise Advice on Educational Planning. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and leave a review.